welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 7, Episode 13, The Stringer. The original air date for this episode was April 25th, 1992. This is our first episode of 1992, four months in. Yeah, four months later. Uh, it's directed by Michael Vahar, and it was written by John Shepard. Uh, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, MacGyver is once again helping the... Uh, was it the Children of... Well, I mean, the, that the was Children the of Light. Ep- children yeah. of Light was the episode, but was that name of the group, too? Uh, it could have um, been. Uh, but uh, he is helping them out again. Uh, and uh, in the midst of it, he meets a daring young man, a photojournalist, who's yes. deciding to help him. Right. Um, I want to give away the... Surprises. Too much of it. Um, so we start the episode uh, where? Uh, we're, we're standing by the water. Uh, MacGyver is just kind of like uh, lurking under a streetlight when uh, Tan Yi comes up to uh, and mentions that uh, a shipment has arrived and that uh, he works with Mei Jan. Right. Uh, Mei Jan, again, from the Children of Light episode. Yes, the same actress, Michelle B. Chan. And uh, so they walk into this warehouse, and meanwhile... A man is watching them, makes a phone call to another man <laughs> named Chung, who then calls a third set of men <laughs> yeah. to go in and go after MacGyver and Tan Yi. <laughs> uh, so as those men prepare to leave to go get beat up MacGyver and Tan Yi, yeah. another person Shows is up following after them. Yeah, a so, motorcycle rolls into town. So, so there's a whole chain of people now that are involved in all this. And they're all converging on this warehouse. Yes. So in the warehouse, Tan Yi shows MacGyver uh, some crates. Now, they're all labeled in Korean. However, they actually came from a forced labor camp in China. Yeah, in called which, Camp Zero. Yeah, it's Camp Zero, in which many of the protest students who have been caught have been forced to work in. Right. Uh, it's essentially the exact same plot as Children of Light, which is that the same group of people have been wronged a second time, mm-hmm. and there's a videotape that's proof of it. Right. And they're trying to get this videotape broadcast. Right. But unlike the last videotape, which was all the evidence they needed, this videotape is worthless yes. without physical, solid other evidence that yeah. there's wrongdoing. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, car full of thugs arrives, um, and the motorcyclist is following... And he very smartly cuts his engine early and just coasts yeah, into the scene. In, yeah. I was like, that's that's some good thinking right there. Turns out this guy's smart. Uh, and uh, so as MacGyver and Tanny are kind of discussing some of the uh, the finer points and getting the tape, uh, the thugs who have come to kill them enter the warehouse very loudly. Yeah. They're just slamming doors. They're making it very obvious that they're here. Yeah, they're definitely drawing attention to the attack. Uh, so MacGyver and Tanyi kind of like take cover and MacGyver's trying to kind of get around to, to knock one of them out. But another guard, another thug is already like coming up behind him. Yeah. And the motorcyclist is now up in the window of the warehouse trying to get pictures and he sees that MacGyver's about to get jumped. Yeah. So he takes a lid of a garbage can and throws it at the glass, which causes enough of a distraction yeah. for, for MacGyver to get a good solid hit in. Um, and then, uh, before the other guy can come, Tan Yi comes in and kicks the gun out of his hand, but then the third guy shoots Tan Yi. Yeah. It's, it's like, it comes out of nowhere too, cause I wasn't expecting it. 
Tanny's just standing there. And is like, we need to get out of here. Blam! And he's down. Yeah. Um, and Tanny here is played by Steve Park, who I think mm-hmm. most people would recognize as uh, Mike Yanagita from Fargo. The, the guy who's like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but also, uh, he was a researcher in the movie Toys. Okay. He's one of the people that works in the facility. That oh, I wonder... Toys. I wonder if he's the one who's like offended by the vomit. Oh, he could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I want to know why Asian culture isn't represented in this vomit. Oh yeah, this is clearly oh, the vomit of the white man. We could get some sushi in here. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then uh, of these thugs, we have is is Poe one of the thugs? Yeah, I think he's the only. I think he's the long-haired one, the okay. only one with like an actual a couple of speaking lines. Then, right. Like he's he's always throwing darts, so that's like his gimmick. Yeah. Although it never plays out in the episode. So I think two of the thugs here are Lee and Poe. Lee is played by Craig N. Actually, I think Craig N is the one with the okay long hair. Uh, he played one ear in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, was he then, on our Venn diagram? Uh, yes, he was. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Henry. Uh, Kingy was Poe, and he plays one of Vivaldi's thugs in Last Action Hero. Nice. Uh, he was a mugger in Batman Returns, and he was also El Scorpio in Predator 2. Hmm. So that's some fun El credits. El Scorpio. Oh, you know what? Because there's like two rival gangs in yeah, Predator yeah. 2 that are going after each other. Uh, one of them is Predators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the the shooter is now like taking aim at MacGyver, and that's when the motorcyclist breaks through. Yeah, he's uh, like trying door. to get in from the outside already, but then he gives up on discreetly like, coming uh, yeah, in. Yeah, discreetly coming in, and he just blasts through the door on his motorcycle. Um, and he uh, he charges at the other guy who's forced to jump out of the way, and then he yells for MacGyver to hop on the bike. Yeah, and uh, and then he says, "Cover up. That's our <laughs> way out." And he points to this giant window. Uh, and in a daring uh, escape, they burst through the glass window. It, it reminded me of the beginning of um, DOA MacGyver. Or no. Yeah, DOA MacGyver. When he gets shot through the window from okay, inside yeah, the yeah, warehouse. Yeah, totally. It's a very similar looking window and a similar looking warehouse. Um, I don't know if it's the same one. But yeah. Then, uh, but also, it's very clear from the exterior that they just like windowed up like a, a shipping dock. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it, do- it doesn't make sense as a window placement. Correct. But um, especially if, like, you expect to have expensive material in this warehouse, you wouldn't want to have just a whole sheet of windows yeah. on one side that you could just punch open. So uh, the thugs kind of try to ch- give chase, and when they get into their car, it won't start. Right. So Mac and the rider kind of stop, and I guess MacGyver must have told him where to go, because they stop exactly where they need to be where Mei yeah, Jan is Yeah, they go waiting. back to Mei Jan's house um, or apartment. Uh, so he must have communicated at some point where they needed to go. Although yeah. it seems like, like they, they would... haven't spoken at all. Yeah, because as soon as MacGyver gets off the bike, he's shaking off all the glass, and you think he would have they would he would have asked to stop to do that immediately. Maybe he was just concerned about getting caught up with. But that's when the photojournalist uh, informs him that uh, he did a little repair on the guy's car, and so they wouldn't be following him anytime soon. Yeah, and he says it in a total, like, MacGyver way. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he gets off the bike, but he also, like, hesitates in the middle of saying it because he seems to recognize MacGyver. Yeah. Like, so halfway through it, he's like, you might say I gave them a, a tune-up. Like, he, like yeah. in the middle of his little riff, he accidentally, like, slows down because he's recognizing who MacGyver mm-hmm. is. Uh, he introduces himself as Sam, a stringer, uh, yeah. a titular character. 
um, who I guess I guess is another word for a photojournalist. Right. I invented had, by this episode. Yeah, I, I had never heard that before. Yeah. Um, and then Mei Jan comes running out from uh, from a, a side door. Yeah. And MacGyver gives her the tape. Yeah. And so they all head in, and but before Sam goes in, he uh, pulls. Well, he, he tells her about that Tang Yi was shot. Yeah. And she doesn't seem horrifically upset about it. Oh, well, I mean, I guess you have to create some uh, some emotional barriers in this kind of work. Yeah. This could have been the same guy from the Children of Light episode, though, that whose mom was held captive that they um, used against her. It could be. I mean, we do see a photograph of him later. Yeah. But it's from behind, so. Yeah, I wonder if maybe the actor just wasn't available, so they had to make the new character. But it seemed like it could have been that guy. Yeah. Um, before Sam heads in, he takes a, a quick look at a locket that he has around his neck, although he cheats it away from the camera, so we can't yeah. see what he's looking at. And as we mentioned, that Mejan is. The same actress who played Mei Jan in right. the previous episode. Yeah. She's been in, in... This is her third episode, if you count flashbacks. Yeah. And I do. <laughs> From the classic hindsight episode that's everyone's favorite episode mm-hmm. of the series. Um, Mei Jan's headquarters is super elaborate. There's, like, computers and monitors and people on phones and fax machines and yeah. equipment. There's, de- there's, there's videotape decoding equipment. Like, I mean... They have all all the the oh necessary. You have a TV and a VCR. <laughs> um, so uh, they decode the tape, and we see um, not as horrific footage as the previous tape, but right. still pretty. It's just people getting slapped around yes. while they're working on stuff. Still pretty violent. Yeah. Um, Mei Jan, but not getting shot to pieces. Yeah, that was pretty awful. Yeah. Uh, Mei Jan uses her fax network to inform her uh, comrades that they got the tape, but also that. Uh, Tanya has been killed. Feels like even ninety two is late for a fax network, but maybe not. Well, I mean, I mean they, that's what the the whole Children of Light episode was about. Yeah, it was about the numbers. Uh, so MacGyver and Sam have a moment to talk about why Sam was there, and Sam is after Chung, the the man on the other end of the phone who sent the thugs out to kill them. Right, the same guy who actually actually played the villain in Children of Light, but in that episode he was he was uh, Zhao. Yeah. And here he's playing Chung. But the actor's name is Keon Young. Uh, he owns a company called Globe Wide, which is a, a legit front. Uh, and he used to be a colonel in the Red Army, so very, also very similar to his previous uh, character that yeah, he played. Yeah, it could, it could potentially have just been Zhao over again. Uh, the reason that Sam is so intent on going after Chung is that Chung killed Sam's mother, who was also a photojournalist. Right. Um, and we get a little bit of a flashback of Sam as a child remembering when his mother was taken from their little uh, hideout and yeah. killed out in the street. Yeah, just shot execution style. Yeah. Um, Mac is also having a, a moment of remembrance of a photojournalist he knew who was also killed in China. Yeah. And that's when they both make the connection that they're talking about the same person. Right. That Sam's mother is... Uh, An acquaintance of MacGyver's. Uh, yeah. And Sam presses, like, so how well did you know her? Like, were you intimate? Kind of like, like we're friends. And he's like, close friends? Mm-hmm. Like, really good special friends? He's like, all right, I did your mom. Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> Are you referencing the Venture Brothers? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there's an episode of the Venture Brothers where uh, a woman who claims to be the, the boy's mom 
kidnaps them. Yeah. And is like she's super she's super crazy. But in the end of the episode, they have they have her knocked out, and both uh, Hank and Dean are wondering like, so was that her mom? Dad, are you gonna tell us? He's like, all right. I you know I beeped her. <laughs> what, what do you want from me? <laughs> uh, so Sam uh, pulls out his locket again. And he says, "This is the only thing that I have from her." It. She uh, said it was a picture of my father. Yeah, and so he shows it to MacGyver, and it's very clearly yeah not MacGyver. <laughs> no, it's, That's not me. <laughs> it's just a picture of Bruce McGill. Uh, <laughs> He, he told my mom his name was MacGyver. I'm pretty sure that's you. No, this is not. I've never had a mustache. Um, this uh, this picture looks like it might have been like a production photo from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Because he's he's much younger looking. Yeah, it's a little bit pre MacGyver era haircut. But it's also a very small picture, and when you like when you have such a small picture, everything looks yeah more detailed. Yeah. So back at the warehouse, uh, the police are investigating because. Uh, well, MacGyver called the police. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah. Um, but it's too late. They've already cleared out all the uh, the evil merchandise that was in there that uh, that they didn't want found. Yeah. Uh, and uh, basically, and oh, and Pete's there. Yeah. And sporting a cane now. Mm-hmm. Sporting a cane, and sometimes he's wearing sunglasses, and sometimes he's just he's just as is. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the actual brightness. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is that he can still see. Like, it's not, like, black. Yeah. But it's just not visible. So I think he has to wear them when it's bright out. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, totally, like, Washing out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I learned a very interesting thing about uh, canes recently. That the striping means thing means something. Oh, interesting. So I believe it's if it's just red and white, they are only blind. But if it's red and white with black stripes... Yeah. They're blind and hard of hearing, or hearing impaired. Oh, interesting. And if it's red and yellow, you just let them mellow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like those coral snakes. It's like, okay, wait, when it's black, yellow, red, it's okay. But if it's red, yellow, Wait, do black? I count from the tail or the head? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't I don't Oh, remember. God, it's eating me. <laughs> one of these snakes is incredibly deadly, and the other one is okay. And this and this one's blind and maybe hard of hearing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's like a little tidbit I learned recently. Yeah. I don't even remember where I saw it. It was, but it was very recently. I saw like an advertisement or something about it and I was like, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) I should pay more attention to the world. Uh, so they head inside to kind of see, uh, where the crates were. Pete informs them that without the actual physical evidence, even though they have a tape of Chinese soldiers beating up teenagers. Yeah. Um, it's not enough apparently. Right. Um, and, and they also want to stop trade talks with China, which seems... That's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if we're getting... America sp- doesn't need toys. I guess, I guess if we, we were, the, whole, the point is that we don't want slave labor produced goods, but honestly, that but has not... About pull the plug on the whole trade system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, we would never have iPhones if, if, if they had their way. I mean, I'm not condoning child labor. We would, labor. but they would be like the first generation iPhones. Yeah. Still, I think they're I think they're being naive. I yeah. think is is the issue. Uh, this was before America was taken over by China, <laughs> and I think Hong Kong was still part of uh, right England, or it's, yeah. it's all its own country at this point. Which is weird that they still have their own currency. Like it's still their own country. It's yeah. still a separate entity from China, although it does it is now governed by China. Yeah. 
it's so weird. Like, I mean, as communist as China is, uh, that Hong Kong is like the most capitalist place on the planet. Yeah. And it's in the most communist place on the planet. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not as communist. Well, to say North Korean is communist is kind of. Yeah, I don't. It's it, it, it's its own because thing in a communism like everyone is given the same thing, mm-hmm. which I guess counts in North Korea because everyone's given nothing. <laughs> so uh, Pete starts asking about who Sam is, and MacGyver just just tells him he, he's my son. Yeah. No paternity test or any kind of other evidence needed yet. Yeah. But uh, and, and uh, it seems pretty clear to both of them. Yeah. Um, and Pete's like, what? Uh, and, uh, but he doesn't really, have, they don't really have time to get into all the, the minutiae about yeah. it, but, but MacGyver is like just dealing with it and, yeah. and he seems conflicted and happy, but I think the confliction as we'll find out later comes from the, like, I, I feel guilty that I wasn't there yeah. because I didn't know. Not so much that I don't want to have a kid. Yeah. Um, they head over to where the crates were, were taken from and obviously there's a big empty space where they were. But uh, MacGyver finds a uh, beetle, and he says, well, maybe we can get like an, a forensic entomologist. Well, Sam says forensic yeah, entomologist. Yeah, he says, uh, why don't we do a test and see where this beetle's from? And then Pete's like, what are you talking about? And then Sam says, oh, forensic entomologist, yeah. But then Pete was... says, oh, yeah, we have one of those at the foundation. It's like, well, but you just said you didn't know what it was, yeah. yet you know you have one? Well, he was confused by MacGyver saving the beetle, not by the words forensic entomologist. So. Okay, that's true. Maybe we can dine on this beetle later. Yeah. Put it in the bar of chocolate. It's yeah. fantastic. Delicious. Um, but MacGyver also has a... Uh, he also snagged a piece of the equipment when Tan Yi was uh, showing him. Right. And Sam once again chimes in. He's like, oh, yeah, so if that... He's if like, yeah, why don't you run a spectrograph on this? And then he's like, oh, yeah, if it's if it's from... From a, China. A certain area of China, then it should have, like, a higher incidence of like iron higher, isotopes. yeah. And, and, so, and then MacGyver's like, also, why don't you do, run a quick DNA test on this hair sample I found? Yeah. <laughs> Unrelated incident. Uh, uh, back at Mac's place, uh, Sam and uh, Mac have a kind of like a heart-to-heart about Sam's past. They're looking through photo albums mm-hmm. of MacGyver and Kate together. And basically talking about why they separated is that she... She wanted to go her way and keep doing this, and MacGyver... Yeah, it was kind of the opposite of the flame's end thing. Yeah. Where she was the one that was that needed to constantly be moving, and, and he couldn't really keep up with her. Mm-hmm. But then uh, he asks why she never told him, and uh, Sam basically says that her, her plan was always to introduce us when we were both grown, grown up. up. <laughs> and he's like, ah, she knew, she knew me pretty well. A little condescending, but I get it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Chung is coordinating with the goons. Um, they're able to ID MacGyver as a member of the Phoenix Foundation. And they also uh, ID Meijan from, again, from the same photograph that was taken uh, from the episode Children of Light. I mean, it is a screenshot, but it's also when Meijan was being followed by, uh, right. and they, they managed to get this photograph <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. So they had, luckily, that they, they kept the records. Yeah. Um, they call a phone number that they found on Tanny's person, uh, but it just it's just a fax number. Right. But they realize that they could trace it. Uh, and I don't recall them tracing the number ever actually being a plot point. But they just say that they could. Yeah. 
so while looking around MacGyver's place, Sam is trying to find something unhealthy to eat. Yeah, he's complaining about all the health food that's in the refrigerator. Yeah. We're, we're starting to see a, a couple of tiny differences between mm-hmm. the two of them. Uh, MacGyver mentions Harry, and uh, you know says, "Oh, he's your he's your great grandfather." Uh, and uh, we also get a reveal of Sam's real name. Yeah. That his actual name is Sean. Yeah. And uh, Sean A. Malloy. A.K.A. Sam yeah. for his initials, which is funny because regardless of which last name he took, his name his nickname could still be Sam. Yeah, but also the fact that his name is Sean. Like we've had three child actors play young MacGyver so far, and their names were Sean, Sean, and Shane. <laughs> so it's funny that his kid is the the name of his son yeah. is Sean. Did we mention the actor's name? Uh, who's playing Sean? Dalton James. Dalton James. Doesn't have a lot of credits, but I think he does a phenomenal job yeah. as a young MacGyver here. Like, I would have watched this young MacGyver show. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he... I think the best part of the performance is that he pulls it off in a way that's not... that that is humble. Even yeah. when he's, like, saying things that are, like, impressive, like, knowledge facts, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it always comes off as, like, Genuine. I'm just trying to be helpful. Not yeah. like... Hey, guess what? I know what a forensic entomologist is. You guys don't know what a forensic entomologist is? Like, yeah, he, he could he could play it a number of ways, but he, he's just, like, happy to be a part of the team. It also would have been funny if they went the other way with it and, like, he just didn't even know how to, like, make a, make a make peanut soup. butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> he was just like, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. How do I make a meal out of these three ingredients? He starts dipping the bread in the jelly. Is this, yeah. is this right? Is this right? Oh, it's coming apart. I'm just going to push all the bread in here and close it up. <laughs> He just takes this jar of jelly, throws the bread in, takes a scoop of peanut butter, and then shakes it. <laughs> that reminds me of that Brian Regan joke. He's <laughs> like, uh, have you seen this? They got this peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. Like, who is so lazy that they're like, I want to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I don't want to have to open two jars. I can't be opening and closing all kinds of jars. Why don't they just dump a bunch of croutons in there, get the whole sandwich on one spoon? Mm, that is delicious. I'll have another. I'll have another. Mm, delectable, as was the first. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great comedian. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> as was the first. <laughs> uh, uh, when uh, Samra gives his full name of Sean A. Malloy. He doesn't reveal what the A stands for, but right. MacGyver's able to guess it as Angus. He's like, Angus. let me guess, Angus? And he's like, yeah, my mom liked it. I'm not so hot on it. He's like, yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, now that we know MacGyver's name, that's going to be the running gag for this for the, episode. For the rest of this one episode, or this one scene, actually. Yeah. Uh, so Pete calls in, and they have ID'd the, the beetle as a metallic wood borer, which seems like a contradiction. Um and uh, it's been traced to the same area that Camp Zero exists, and that the iron content from the part definitely came from China. Yeah, that'd have been funny if they were like, "Yeah, these these beetles are known uh, locally." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was just from from the warehouse, probably. It's just it's just, it's just horribly disgusting. Also, that DNA t- came back, and uh, you were not the father. <laughs> and like, everyone <laughs> oh. starts dancing around. Uh, when Pete and uh, also reveals the globe-wide connection he says we looked into the company but it seems like it's a legit place yeah and uh he also gives an address for chung so sam just kind of goes 
All right, and so Stam starts sneaking out while Pete's still on the phone, and MacGyver is uh, not paying attention, yeah. apparently. So MacGyver and uh, Mac... MacGyver and Mac? Both of them. Yeah, they got to go together. My notes, <laughs> my notes are sometimes confusing. <laughs> uh, MacGyver is to get the tape from Mejan and get it to the Phoenix Foundation. Why it's not there all at this point? Yeah, it should have been there the night after yeah, the attack. The, the, he gave them a beetle and a piece of metal and didn't and he decide... he forgot to give them the VHS tape of the attack that yeah. Pete has apparently already seen. Yeah, somehow. Even though he can't see and yeah. he doesn't have the tape. <laughs> Uh, Sam uh, goes into his room and he pulls out a, a gun, but before he can leave, MacGyver catches up with him, and then, of course, MacGyver presents his yeah. situation about killing, revenge, justice, and murder. And how murder is not justice. Yeah. So, uh, it has a big effect on Sam, because he he doesn't, like, keep the gun or put the gun away. He actually gives MacGyver the gun, like, yeah. as a symbol of, like, okay, I will not use this at all. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to keep it and try to go around your back because you now have it. Yeah. So and I, then I, it's like, oh, I guess we just had our first, like, father-son argument. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, how'd it feel? Yeah, it was... Kind of hard to take. Pretty hard to take. Uh, so they go to pick up Mei-Jan from her headquarters, but as they're getting in back into MacGyver's Jeep, a car stops out on the street and honks her horn... And apparently MacGyver's Jeep was full of guys, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't notice, because a foot just kicks MacGyver in the face from the inside of the Jeep, and then from the other side, people are just jumping out of the back seats. And I don't know if you ever tried to climb out of the back seat of a covered Jeep. Yeah. It's not so simple. Yeah. You've uh, tried it, I assume. Yeah, I have. My, my sister had a Geo Tracker for a long time, <laughs> if, that, if that's a considered a Jeep. Uh God, that thing was a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> I assume she doesn't have it anymore, or she's not a listener. <laughs> uh, well, both, but she has now a different geo tracker or uh, different type of tracker type Jeep car. Uh, also so, terrible. Yeah, also terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like she knows I have like a serious like aversion to being out in the sunlight. But while I was out there, she says, "Oh, like hop in, we'll take my car." And it's like it's uncovered. It's like. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't want to go outside. Um, I, I don't mind being outside, and as long as I'm like walking around, I'm I'm usually fine. But just sitting in direct sunlight. Just sitting in direct sunlight, I I, I get so pent up, my my, my it, it's really uncomfortable for yeah. me. Yeah, that's it's also why you don't eat after midnight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Whew. That's another thing. If you get me water, get wet on me, I, like I just just start multiplying, multiplying like yeah. crazy. And they're not as nice as me. <laughs> um, so they grab Mejan and they then they just open up fire on MacGyver's Jeep. Yeah. Man, MacGyver's Jeep's taking some damage. It's fallen off in, in Amish country, had the tires blown out That's by right. by silent era technology. Yeah. But this is the first time it is just obliterated by yeah. gunfire. Um, I, I was just watching a minute. They were just keep shooting. I was like, "Man, MacGyver's Jeep has got to be replaced." Yeah. This is this is a total this is a total loss. How do you claim this on your insurance? Uh, <laughs> like Chinese uh, collision with bullets. <laughs> got Un- to do uninsured this. bullets. Yeah. Uh, so they toss Mei Jan into a hold with Tan Lee's body, which yeah. is messed up. Uh. 
It's kind of like that scene with the Chunk in the Goonies when they yeah, toss yeah. him in the back with the corpse again. Uh, Chunk says they're going to leave in about 30 minutes. But luckily, Pete knows that Chunk has a ship through his company. Right. And that uh, it's set, it's scheduled to set sail today in 30 minutes. Right. So they get, don't have much time to get down there. In L.A. traffic, 30 minutes down to the Down the to harbor? San Pedro? Yes. That's Oof. a drive. I know because I worked on this ship for <laughs> four days of a reality show shoot. Is that the same ship? Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. This is uh, the same ship that we had at the very beginning of Nightmares. Uh, it's getting loaded up on the dock where MacGyver is teaching uh, Tammy Lauren how to fish with yeah, yeah. gum wrappers. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, we we shot a show for the military channel called Special Ops Mission on this boat where we basically had one guy who was like the master of, of all uh, combat and then there were four contestants that are trying to chase him down in a uh, paintball fight. Oh, that sounds and, awesome, actually. Yeah, it was it was kind of fun. Um but yeah, they shot it all on this ship, which never leaves the dock and is used in a bunch of movies. It's got a little museum inside. The museum is basically on the ground floor of that giant hole through the okay, middle. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool ship. Awesome. We'll post a, a. I think back when we covered Nightmares, I posted a link to the list of movies that have been shot on there. So if you want to check there, I'll I'll just throw it in the show notes for this episode too. So, uh, MacGyver's getting ready to head out, and Sam says that he's coming along, too. And MacGyver is like, no, you're not coming. This is too dangerous. Yeah, and then he's like, hey, guess what? You're not my real dad. <laughs> he's like, you are my real dad, but you're not my dad. dad. Yeah, you're, you don't you're... get to tell me what to do. I'm and, an adult. And MacGyver tries to enlist Pete to help, and Pete's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and not getting involved in this. Yeah, but it's funny how he tries to enlist Pete, because he's like, Pete, like, <laughs> like he's about to like tattle on his son for not yeah. listening to him, and then Pete's like, "Nope, I made it a policy not to get involved with uh, family uh, disagreements." And it's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, maybe that's why you're divorced, Pete." Oh, <laughs> oh. didn't his see that one was coming. Like, oh. Pete, we have to talk, and he's like, "Nope, nope, I don't, uh, I don't get involved with disagreements." So, <laughs> <laughs> Pete, nope, nope, he's with the pushing the elevator close button. I can't hear you. <laughs> Is this why you installed an elevator in our home? <laughs> uh, but uh, we get the reciprocal now of the son-father argument. Right. And MacGyver then repeats the line. It was kind of hard to take. Yeah. So they both head down to the shipyard together on their respective motor size. Is that um, the proper pluralization? Yeah. Okay. Uh, look it up. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, MacGyver and Sam see the ship getting loaded up and... Uh, there's some crates that are going to be loaded up, so they're like lifting them off the dock to put in the hold. But apparently, no one is supervising these uh, crates right. being lifted to make sure that they're actually clearing the deck of the ship and yeah. being angled right. So they're they're able to just jump on, shifting the weight and having yeah. it rock back and forth. No one's paying attention. It's funny because at the very beginning of um, the movie Wishmaster, which we talked about during the Nightmares episode, because yeah, yeah. it it also uses the same boat in the very first scene. And uh, this is like kind of the same thing that's happening, but then they accidentally drop the whole shipment on a guy on the oh. dock and smash him. But yeah, so they they successfully sneak aboard mm-hmm. on this flat with all these boxes. Uh, there's a guard who's guarding like this random door, so they assume that that's where Mejan is, right? Because why else would a guard just be standing outside of a single door? Yeah. Uh, 
So MacGyver heads out around to get above him, but he doesn't seem quite confident to be able to jump down and tackle him because of the angle of the balcony and, and the guard's position. So Sam makes his way a little bit closer and starts setting off his camera to make noise, Yeah. which draws the guard out enough for Mac to be able to jump onto him and knock him out. But first they get into a fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, he tackles him to the ground, and you think, okay, this is this is going to be the one-punch knockout. But they get into a little bit of a, a scuffle before MacGyver is able to get a, get the upper hand. Uh, they rescue Mayjan, uh, but while MacGyver is hugging Mayjan, Sam finds a gun on the guy they knocked out. Right. And then looks up onto the deck of the ship and sees Chung kind of walking around like a, one of the like upper viewing platforms. Yeah. And once again, the, the death of his mother plays out in his mind. And so he, he makes a run for, for Chung. And when uh, Mei Jian kind of is like telling MacGyver, okay, well, I'm free, but we still need to get the crates out of here because we need the evidence. Um, and that's when MacGyver looks over and sees that Sam is running towards Chung, but also not paying attention to a guard who's right nearby. Yeah, about to take a, a shot at him. Uh, so, so he shouts. Yeah, he shouts out to, sh- to, to Sam, and then the, the guy who was going to shoot Sam turns around and shoots MacGyver in the shoulder. MacGyver goes over the edge of the hold, falls like all three the way stories to three down. stories. It's insane. Onto a crate. Yeah. I guess that was filled with marshmallows. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we cut to commercial with him just, his body just on the ground. And like, Sam looking over the edge like, oh no. Uh, but luckily he's okay. Yeah, we, we cut to MacGyver coming to. He's already got a splint on his arm. Uh, Sam is tending to him. They took Mejan to the bridge, and they just left him in the hold. Yeah, they uh, locked him in this bottom floor of this sort of internal column of the ship. Uh, of course, Sam apologizes for Ma- to Mac about trying to run off and not thinking, but is very forgiving, as yeah. he often is. It's like, hey, you could have picked up that gun and shot at the guy, so I'm glad you didn't do that. Yeah, glad you didn't end this whole scenario. Yeah, glad you didn't save our lives by killing the guy that killed your mother, my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Who is gorgeous, by the way, when yeah. they're showing the pictures of her. On the uh, bridge, Chung is kind of, like, taunting Meijan, like, oh, we're going to kill you and all your friends, or maybe we'll put you in the labor camp. He smashes the tape in front of her, uh, which, again, is, like, vital to their plans. Yeah. Like, the MacGyver's plans, and so they've lost a piece of evidence, on, yep. unless they made a copy, hopefully. Well, um, when has MacGyver ever made a copy of a tape that Mei Jiang gave him of, a, of an of ethical violation yeah. in China that uh, this particular actor was trying to prevent them from broadcasting? I can only think of one other time. <laughs> uh MacGyver's looking around for a way to get out. Sam has an idea of, like, if they strip down the crates, maybe they can hammer the nails back in to make a ladder. Yeah. Uh, but you'd need a three-story ladder out of this thin crate wood. Man, that would be super yeah. dangerous. you need, like, a ladder to get over Trump's wall to do that. <laughs> and uh, so they decide that the fastest way to get out is is uh, a little bit more abstract. Yeah. Um, it's much like uh, MacGyver's parasailing invention yeah he uh he finds a large water pump which i guess is pumping seawater from somewhere i think it's to prevent uh, the boat from sinking in the case of a leak ah so it's a bilge i don't pump. actually know what it's, it's a bilge for, pump but yeah that's what it seems like um so macgyver says like why don't you make some harnesses out of some seat belts which apparently there were some seat belts 
Uh, they make these like proton pack esque yeah. backpacks. And uh, we keep hearing like the ship horn, you know, blowing that they're getting ready to depart. And uh, we see like the ship telegraph, engine telegraph, like they're going like like slow ahead, kind of yeah. like they're shifting it down. Again, everyone's big on maritime law, not so big on domestic law. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so MacGyver and Sam now have their water jetpacks, right. uh, which I don't know if you've ever seen footage of people trying to use these for the first time. They usually eat, eat it yeah, really hard. It just goes straight down on your face. Also, it's usually a column of water that's like eight times the width of the person that it's holding yeah. up. And this is like a tiny little stream. So that pressure has got to be extremely high. More than likely it would have just punctured the whole, the whole of yeah. the ship. Um, uh, but luckily, they are they are they are mastering the uh, their their the art of human flight. Yeah, <laughs> they're able to. With just be careful not to like tear your feet off with the stream if you accidentally hit yeah. your legs. Yeah, and plus, like they hopefully and luckily they they gauge the hose length that they would need to get to the upper deck. Oh yeah, that's because true. like they you know because it needs the constant flow of water. Right. And given how water works, I mean. You'd have to pump the water all the way up those three stories before it could be ejected. Right. So you're actually taking away from the pressure of your flight, and all the weight of that water that's in those hoses would be dragging you down. Yeah. This wouldn't work, yeah. is basically what yeah. I'm saying. Um, I know Mario thinks it would. Yeah. But he's wrong. Uh, yeah, like we're talking about Mario Sunshine? Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> right, doesn't he have a water jetpack in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like they give him the the water jetpack flood. But he can go way higher than he should be able to go. Yeah. Especially when he like charges it up. It's yeah. Like... I like Mario Sunshine though. I, I still I, haven't played it. I, it's very colorful, it's a lot of fun, it's very difficult. Um now the Mario games are just too easy. They they give you they just throw extra lives at you. There's a new Mario game coming out, right? No, there's always a new Mario game coming out. But see, that's the point is like that there are all these like two and a half D Mario's that I don't like. Yeah, I, I think I, the last Mario game that's just a straightforward Mario game, not like a Mario Kart or a Mario Tennis or a Mario whatever. Yeah. Um, that I played was maybe Mario Super Mario World. I never even played Mario sixty four. Oh what? Yeah. Dang. It's been a while. Well, you should at least play Mario sixty four. I, um, I honestly think it's probably. I probably waited too long. The graphics would probably be infuriating. Well, here's the thing: the graphics are not great, but given the 64 and its its notion, its its whole concept that it's so buggy and laggy. Yeah. Mario 64 runs so fluidly. Yeah. They really did a good job balancing out how that game functions. Um, I know that some people like remade the game with like the the Quake engine. Yeah, so I, the graphics would be improved at least. I don't know. I think he'd still benefit from playing it on the original right. or downloading it on maybe a I, virtual maybe, console or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe I'll look into that. Do they have they have N64 games on the virtual console, right? I'm sure they do by now. It's really hard to find a good emulator for N64, I can tell you that much. Do they have a multiplayer N64 emulator so you could play like GoldenEye, like online? Um, They do. Well, not online. Oh, okay. Um, the, the best so emulator... So you have to share the screen? That'd he, be fun. Yeah, the, the the best emulator is 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 Project Sixty Four, um, but be careful. Anyone who's listening, be very careful if you try to download Project Sixty Four because it comes with so much like bloatware and spamware that it tries to get you to to install. Oh, uh, okay. Um, man, I've had to I've had to basically reinstall my Windows. 
trying to get it. I was going to put a link on the show notes, but you can Google that yourself if you want. I don't want to risk people's yeah. computers getting messed no, up. No, it, it's, it's very dangerous. Be very careful installing that. But it, it is the best N64 emulator that exists. Yeah. But anyway, back to our water jetpacks. Yeah, water jetpacks. So they get up into the deck, and uh, they're, so they're all good. Uh, so now they need to get Meijan off the bridge. And they grab a flare gun, but the, well, they grab the flares for a flare gun. Yeah. Now, I'm not quite sure what's happening here because MacGyver, they climb up to the roof of the bridge, and there's some kind of ventilation stovepipe. Yeah. But it seems also linked to the uh, the kind of like voice telegraph yeah somehow because macgyver dumps the flare uh gunpowder into into it the magnesium but it doesn't come out the voice part until he ignites it right so i was like i don't quite know how this whole system works it seems like if you want to be able to shout down to the engine room through a pipe having a section of pipe that goes up to the up straight out wouldn't work yeah you'd want to just go be a direct line well i mean apparently I mean, this was at least part of the ship. I'm assuming yeah. they didn't build this for the episode. Maybe they did. Uh, well, he dumps down the flare. Maybe the, uh, our listener, uh, Costa, can tell us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, like, how, how do you, if you know how antiquated uh, ship communications... <laughs> uh, so, of course, he ignites the flare and, and nothing but crazy smoke and probably burns that poor guy's face because he's... Yeah, his, his he's face, right up against yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so everyone's running out of the bridge gagging uh, on the smoke. And MacGyver takes out one guy. But then Sam does like this crazy gym, like Jurassic Park 2 gymnastics routine where he swings down and kicks the uh, the other guy. Right. Right onto some spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that part. They cut you from the team? Uh, <laughs> uh, and now Chung is trying to make his getaway. But he, so he pulls a, Chung pulls a gun on MacGyver and Sam. But then Mei Zhan comes in with a gun, and she's ready to take out Chung. But uh, Sam gives her the same speech that he got from MacGyver, basically. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to solve anything. You're going to be as bad as he is if you kill him. And she's like, you're right. And then she hands the gun to Chung, and then he just kills all three. Yep. I'm like, I am as bad as me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a guy like me. I'm not worried about being brought down to my own level. In fact, I'm going to feel pretty good about this later. Yeah. I'm going to get a promotion out of this. But no, of course, uh, he talks her down, and uh, she hands over the gun. Um, we skip a lot of time and come to Act 5. Yeah. <laughs> because apparently this is a long time later, because Pete's there. Sam has, uh, MacGyver's quit the Phoenix Foundation. Right. He's officially tendered his resignation um, for the second time, but this time it was accepted. Yeah. Um, he's loading up his motorcycles with Sam. Uh Pete arrives to try to give him, like, a last-minute, like, deal that the Phoenix Foundation board is offering. He says, the board... It's very generous. Yeah. I, I also like Pete's, like, uh, assistant who right. comes out with him. Like, he walks Pete over, and then he does, like, this quick, like, spin-around turn. Like, I'm not a part of this conversation. And yeah. then he walks away. Yeah. It's so weird. He just, he just like, get, well, he drops... Well, it actually bothers me that Pete's left alone here. Yeah. At the end of this scene. Because it feels like MacGyver's kind of abandoning him, and he needs him now more than he ever has. More than ever. Um, But, of course, MacGyver rejects the contract, and even Pete says, yeah, I told him you wouldn't go for it. I wish they'd have set up, like, a new love interest for Pete just at the end here. Yeah. Actually, let me tell you how I would have ended this. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. This is my ideal ending for the the show. 
we have the same exact scene here, except Pete is saying to MacGyver, like, um, I understand you guys have to leave right now. I'm I'm sorry you didn't get to meet my, my fiance Meredith, but she she really wished she could be here. Yeah. MacGyver and his son take off. Murdoch shows up wearing a wig. <laughs> Like no other makeup. Yep. It's just just a wig Michael, because Michael Lamar. <laughs> he wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> she, it's like she really wanted to. She really wanted to uh, meet you, and then, uh, and then after they leave, like Murdoch shows up, we're just with a wig on, and then he's like, "Oh, did uh, did MacGyver say anything about my modifications to his motorcycle?" And it's like, "Oh, you know what? I forgot to bring it up, but I'm sure he's gonna find out." And it's like, "Yeah, I think it'll blow him away." <laughs> And then we just fade to black. <laughs> that would have been my ending. But that's a pretty amazing ending. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they, <laughs> basically they they say their goodbyes. Yeah. Um, and it's then we get very the, tearful. Yeah, and then we get the voice of Richard Dean Anderson, mm-hmm. not as MacGyver, but as Richard Dean Anderson. Yep, he is thanking the audience for seven great seasons on behalf of the entire cast and crew. Yeah, and uh, and that is the the end of the last episode of MacGyver. What would Question have very, mark? very clearly been the last episode. I don't know the story on the on how the Mountain of Youth came about. Well, it's it's a month later. Yeah. So it's it's almost like, like like give us one more. But did they just? I mean, did they air the season out of order? Because there's scenes from Mountain of Youth that are very clearly Los Angeles. Oh, so for it was sure. shot for this season, but they only had a 13 episode order. So why do they have 14 episodes? Maybe they, maybe they were trying to get a TV movie. And they, they had this idea, and they said, no, nah, this isn't really oh, good. Oh, so this was like a precursor to the Atlantis thing, and then they were like, why don't we just do it as another episode? We have a gap in the in the programming a month from now. Yeah. And they were like, but we already wrote something that was very clearly a finale. It's very bizarre. It's possible, because actually the amount of use of the production value is pretty high for that episode. Really? I thought the opposite. Well, we'll get into that next week. Yeah. One week from now... <laughs> As is the spacing between each of our episodes. Yep. Um, I think that's it for the stringer. Yeah, I mean, it's a great episode. It, it's a good episode. I feel, I feel like we should be talking more about our impressions of the series as a whole, as this is the last episode. But I feel like I guess we'll save that for the next last episode. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. I guess. Yeah, this is because this is clearly a finale for the show, and I think it's a solid one. I yeah. think uh, a lot of shows flood the finale. Yeah, and, and this would have been a good ending. I mean. It's weird that we got like his son introduced in the last second, but this whole notion that he's going to go off and spend I was time. actually surprised that he announced himself as his son so early, mm. and that it wasn't like a surprise that they would drop on us mid episode. I yeah. mean, we all would have seen it coming, I guess. Or I thought there was going to be like this whole thing where I think you're my father, and then it's like, and no, then they do the test and everything. Yeah, or or even like. He's, he thinks that he might be his father, but it turns out he's not. Uh, the DNA test came back, and it turns out you have a lot of iron isotopes. <laughs> From I think tr- you're, you're actually born in China. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, as far as, if this was the last episode of MacGyver, and I, and I was suspecting that this was the last episode, I would be sad, but pleased. Yeah, you know, I would like, be very satisfied with this. Like, episode. they didn't kill him. They didn't kill Pete. They didn't do anything crazy. Um, they just let... But they still had some cool MacGyverisms. Yeah. And the, the water jet pack is, is almost on par with, like, the coffin jet ski in terms of, like, 
oh my god, this is ridiculous what yeah. he's doing. But I understand the physics of it, even if it's not right. represented properly in terms of the scale of how it should be working. Right, right. But yeah, it's um, it's a good episode, and it's a and you know, uh, Michelle Chan is great mm-hmm. as Mei Jan, and I really think Dalton James did a really good job as as MacGyver's son. I'm surprised that he uh, didn't get more work after this. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think that is it for the stringer. Okay. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on the stringer you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week for the last episode of the regular series, Season 7, Episode 14, The Mountain of Youth. Yeah. We finally get Jack back after like a season and a half long absence. Maybe that was the reason too. It's yeah. like, where's Jack? Yeah, we need closure with this character. So uh, stay tuned for that and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.